Hi, and welcome back to I Listen to Everything, the podcast where we break down music genres for the average listener. And the non-average listeners. Pretty much anyone who's interested in learning about music genres and the history behind them. And also, we play some of the songs as well. So, the genre we're going to be talking about today is not really a genre. It's more of like a style. It's You can't really categorize it as a genre because all of these artists are kind of similar in a lot of ways but they're gonna sound different you should open that we're talking about styles not genres yeah but i wanted to you know bring something a little bit different okay so um yeah so the genre or style that we're going to be talking about today is called art pop and the reason i wanted to talk about this style in particular is because i was thinking about bjork the other day and i was like what the hell kind of genre is she (laughs) And the answer is that she's multiple. She does multiple different styles and genres of music. So you're going to recognize some of them when I play them. But she's a very, like, weird, quirky, like, artist, musical artist Mm. from popular in, like, the 90s. Um, And so, yeah, I was just curious. I was like, what is her genre? And the first, like, term that came up to describe her was called, was art pop. And so I decided to look more into it. And this is what I found. So... Art pop is basically a loosely defined style of pop music that's influenced by art theories and mediums. So we have pop music, which is popular music, and there's sort of like pop music is can be a bunch of different things, but there is sort of like a specific sound we think of when we think of pop music. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, like, I don't know, Katy Perry, artists like that. But... It can really be a lot of different things because it just stands for popular music, but it does sort of have this... Because if we think about it now, a lot of pop music today is like hip-hop because that's what's popular now. Mm-hmm. But then again, there there's still like this delineation between what is a pop star and what is a rapper and what is... You know, it's... Anyways, we're not going to get into that too much. But art pop is, like I said, pop music that's influenced by art, basically. So fashion, fine art cinema, avant-garde literature, it draws on pop art. So pop art is an art movement that challenged the traditions of fine art. So think of artists... Is it art pop or pop art? No. Or pop tart? Okay, so pop art. <laughs> pop art. <laughs> it's not pop tart. Um, that is a delicious snack. It's not pop tart. Pop art is a style of art, like painting. Mm-hmm. Well, also like other kinds of art, but... Pop art was an art movement that challenged the traditions of fine art. So think of artists like Andy Warhol. You know the can of Campbell's soup that he painted? Oh, okay. Okay, so let's just give a little definition of what pop art is. Pop art is an art movement that emerged in the United Kingdom and the United States during the mid to late 50s. The movement presented a challenge to traditions of fine art by including imagery from popular and mass culture, such as advertising, comic books, etc., so that's why I talked about the can of soup. The can of soup, it's a painting of a an object, like a, an object that we can buy. It's a commercial, a painting of like to represent commercialism, basically. Oh. <laughs> basically, it challenges the traditions of fine art. It's like we're painting things that people use every day. Mm, things like that. Sure, toothbrush, banana. <laughs> so that that's what pop art is. Um... And often musicians who are art pop artists, so art pop, pop art, it's kind of the same thing. Well, not the same thing at all, but they're related to each other in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Musicians who are 
art pop artists will deviate from traditional pop and rock music conventions, and they'll explore postmodern ideas such as pop status as commercial art, because pop music is a very commercial form of music. It's like what everyone listens to on the radio. It's what's popular. Or what's force-fed to people. Well, whatever you will say, this is what it is it's a commercial form of music mm-hmm. um it all they also explore notions of artifice and the self as well as historical authenticity so these sort of themes are found in art pop often or is what art art pop artists will explore in their music often mm, okay so just to talk about some of the characteristics of the genre so like we said it draws on postmodernism and the breakdown of high and low culture and explores artifice and commerce. So high culture being like things like the opera or like, I don't know, the theater, you know? Like picture a guy in a monocle or something. Yodeling. <laughs> That's like Yodeling. I don't know. I thought Why operas and then like projecting your voice, you know? But in a way, though, not... It's not, I don't think yodeling is high art, but, <laughs> but the, a lot of pop art or art pop, sorry, art pop musicians will experiment with their voice mm-hmm. and like have different ways of singing. We see that a lot with art pop. Anyway, so you have kind of a point, but not really. And, and low culture being like what's mass produced. Mm. So pop music, for example. Yeah. It draws on the aesthetic of the everyday and the disposable. So there is a concern with style, gesture, the ironic use of historical eras and genres, notions of the self as a work of construction and artifice. Uh, according to critic Stephen Holden, art pop refers to a style that deliberately aspires to the formal values of classical music and poetry, but is marketed by commercial interests rather than respected cultural institutions. So it's not music that you would hear at an opera, for example. It is popular music, but it, it sort of has that like, kind of like what we talked about in the progressive rock episode. I know you didn't do that with me, but mm-hmm. they were, you know, people who really tried to play their instruments very well and like were classically trained mm-hmm. and brought that into rock. Right. It's kind of the same thing. Like they perfected their craft. Exactly. It's sort of like that. To give a little bit of a um, cultural background to this genre or style of music so in the 50s this is when pop art was becoming popular the boundaries of art and pop music were beginning to blur then in the 60s pop musicians like john lennon sid barrett pete townsend brian eno and brian ferry took inspiration from their art school studies so art school in britain in the uk was an escape route for working class children so a lot of the people who would create art pop music or like glam rock for example in the 70s mm-hmm. came from this like art school or even new wave when we talked about new wave a lot of them came from like art school that we talked sense. about devo and talking yeah. things, things like that mm-hmm. so but in america art pop was influenced by bob dylan and the beat generation the beat generation is a subculture started by a group of authors who explored american culture and politics in the post-war era so we have authors like jack kerouac william s burrow Burroughs, sorry, etc. And so music became more literary with the folk music singer-songwriter movement at the time. The same thing was happening with the psychedelic rock mm-hmm. music. They were taking like elements of literature and putting that into the music as well. Right. So we're going to see some art pop artists do the same thing. There was also in the psychedelic rock movement this idea of bringing art and commercialism together and questioning what it meant to be an artist in mass media. 
We had progressive rock as well, like I said, where groups would present themselves as performers and composers who were above normal pop music. So they're kind of like elevating themselves. They're saying like, yes, we're creating music that everyone loves and is really popular, but we're sort of better in a way because we, you know, we're artsy. And then the pop art movement was popular in the 60s as well. And this was first coined to describe the aesthetic value of mass-produced goods. So think of the can of soup that's a mass-produced good. And he painted it to show, Andy Warhol painted it to show the aesthetic value of this can of soup. I never knew this man existed until you said his name tonight. That's really interesting to me because, like, I don't know. I always thought he was, like, this famous painter that everyone knew. Do I know painters except the Ninja Turtle names? (laughs) The Ninja Turtle name. Um, yeah, so Andy Warhol had this factory house band. So the factory was his studio, and it became famous for like its parties and being like this hip hangout spot where artists and musicians would come together. And the Velvet Underground was his house band. So the Velvet Underground pioneered this sort of like modernist avant-garde approach to rock music. And so they're kind of seen as the first art rock band. Art rock is like another form of art pop art rock it's like instead of being pop music it's rock music but with an artsy vibe to is it is that what became like stadium rock later on um no i think stadium rock came from like oh maybe like it evolved into that type of maybe like, uh big long intros I like ambient sound exactly yes yeah, kind of like progressive rock yeah. being like very into like the theatrics of everything mm-hmm. and like putting on a performance that's sort of where art pop and art rock and glam rock all sort of fall into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they pioneered this like avant-garde approach to art rock by ignoring conventional hierarchies of artistic representation. So they were the house band for Andy Warhol. In the 60s, we have artists like Phil Spector, Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, who were incorporating these symphonic sounds into their pop recordings. We talked about this with the Good Vibrations um, song in the Psychedelic Rock episode about how it was like a pocket symphony. And we also had artists like the Beatles and Frank Zappa who were doing the same thing. And we saw in the 60s the format of pop music transitioning from like singles to albums. So albums were starting to become more important and like creating this concept album became a thing. Rock bands were attempting to make grand artistic statements with their albums at this time. So we have like the Sgt. Pepper album, which we talked about, Mm -hmm. which was perceived as largely responsible for the connections between art and pop being made explicit, according to musicologist Ian Inglis. And The Who, which was another band from the 60s, Their manager actually actually labeled them as the first art pop band, which I thought was really interesting because to me, they're a rock band. And the reason he called them an art pop band is because of their album in 1967 called The Who Sell Out, which was considered an art pop masterpiece, according to sociomusicologist Simon Frith. The reason for this is because Pete Townshead's ideas on this album are notable for their for its emphasis on commercialism. So if you see like the album cover, it's I'll show it to you right now. Hold on. So I'm showing Andrew the um, album art for the Who Sell Out, their 1967 album. It's like two images side by side. One has Pete Townshead putting on this massive thing of deodorant on him. Like it's a, it's deodorant, but it's really huge. And it looks like a thermos. It. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew thought it was a thermos, but you no, know, it's deodorant. And there's the name Odorono on it, which was an actual brand of deodorant, but they created a song, which is what we're going to listen to later, called Odorono, which kind of sounds like an advertisement. It sounds like a commercial for... 
it's supposed to like be a fake commercial for mm. this deodorant in the album. And then on the other side, we have this guy holding a giant can of baked beans, Heinz oven baked beans. And so it's supposed to look kind of like an ad and that's why it's called the Who Sellout. Mm-hmm. And so the use of pop art rhetoric on this album and the issues of packaging, selling and publicizing with popularity and stardom were ideas that were explored on this particular album in the album artwork, but also in the songs as well. Mm-hmm. The Who is not typically known as an art pop band. The genre that they're usually described as is uh, power pop, which was actually a term that was coined by Pete Townsend, who is the guitarist of the band. He coined this term to describe the the Who's music, which is, and this is a whole other genre in itself. Um, It developed as a genre that was known for its reconfiguration of 60s tropes, which Paul Lester, who's a music journalist, argues that this makes it one of the first postmodern music genres. So... They're a power pop band, but we're going to talk about them today because they, their label is called them an art pop band, or the first art pop right. band. And then in the 70s, we have the New York scene and glam rock. So we're not going to listen to any glam rock artists today because I think that's a whole other thing that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But they are sort of glam rock, art pop. They sort of are very similar. We have artists like 10CC, Roxy Music, Sparks, obviously like David Bowie and other artists like that. And the effect of the Velvet Underground inspired artists like Iggy Pop to transform his personality into an art object, which would then influence artists like David Bowie, who like had this like persona that he would, you know, mm-hmm. that he had in his career. And this art slash pop community began to emerge in the Mercer Art Center in New York, which encouraged the continuation of the collaborations between high and low art. So this was like a big thing in the 70s. And the glam rock scene of the early 70s had a lot of art school sensibilities as well, which was inspired by the Beatles and their alter egos on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album, which emphasized these outlandish costumes and theatrical performances and also allusions to throwaway pop culture. So this like theatricality and this the visual aspects in rock music were starting to be very important in the 70s. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of artists were exploring this. Um, David Bowie, Roxy Music, Lou Reed, who was in the Velvet Underground and then went solo. Mm-hmm. In the 70s and 80s, we have post-punk. So post-punk, synth-pop, and bands like Kraftwerk were all sort of situated within these, like, art-pop this art pop style. Brian Eno and John Cale were crucial parts of David Bowie, Talking Heads, and other punk and post-punk artists. We talked about him working with Talking Heads in the New Wave episode. And we also have Grace Jones and new romantic groups of the 80s, as well as Roisin Murphy, who are all art pop descendants as well. And then we have Kate Bush. So I'm going to talk about Kate Bush later in an article I read about her. But she was called the queen of art pop by Simon Reynolds, who is a music critic. Actually, let's talk about her now. So I read this article called Kate Bush, the queen of art pop who defied her critics. It was written in August of 2014. And I wanted to talk about Kate Bush because I think she's a very good description of what this style is. And in the article, they talk about how none of her popular songs at the time seemed like they were single worthy. They didn't seem like pop songs, but they were hits. They were very popular songs. Mm -hmm. And she's now considered an ancestor for any new female artists who are trying to merge glamour, conceptualism, innovation, and autonomy. So artists that are today inspired by Kate Bush or like or Kate Bush is like an ancestor for these artists, would be Grimes, Julia Holter, FKA Twigs. I would consider Marina Diamandis 
under this category as well, mm-hmm. who used to be called Marina and the Diamonds, but she changed her name eventually. And now I think if you want to look her up on Spotify, it's just Marina, but her full name is Marina Diamandis or Diamondis. But also Kate Bush was not always seen as cool. So nowadays we know of Kate Bush because of Stranger Things and that song that was popular in, what was the last season? Was that season three or four? I lost count. Anyways, uh, the episode where... Um, Oh my god, I even forgot her name. <laughs> show Where she keeps listening to that song so yeah. that she doesn't get stuck in the underground. Yeah. And the song is Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. So mm-hmm. she's like, you know, getting her flowers now. But she wasn't always seen as cool back in the 70s. She didn't get much respect by critics or hip listeners in the late 70s. Because she had a very feminine look compared to a lot of other female artists of the time. So this was the time of punk rock when mm-hmm. she was popular yeah so we had a lot of confrontational performers like Susie sue from Susie and the banshees and polystyrene who changed who were changing expectations of how the female voice should sound and how they should look mm-hmm. but kate bush she had you know she had fantastical lyrics about children's literature she had a very like mystical knowledge of lore and legends and so her music was often dismissed as being like a middle brow soft option like easy listening which is interesting now because when i discovered kate bush uh i watched the video for wuthering heights Mm -hmm. which wuthering heights is a book like a famous classic literature book and the music video was very strange to me and her voice was very strange to me because in this that particular song, she has this very like high-pitched, almost like squeaky voice. Not really squeaky, no. She has a very nice voice. <laughs> she has like this very high-pitched voice in the song. And I, I remember watching it for the first time and being like, this is weird. Like the <laughs> 70s are weird. But then I got hooked and I, I ended up loving the song. And I would watch the video all the time. And she does like this choreography. And you can tell that she like... Because in the article, they're talking about how she took dance classes. She studied with... She studied mime. Mm-hmm. She had very inventive videos. She was like an audiovisual artist, according to Bob Mercer from EMI. But a lot of critics were over that sort of idea of spectacle and theatricality at this point. Because this was after, you know, David Bowie and all these other artists came about. Mm-hmm. And so this was sort of... At this time, it was considered narcissistic and non-egalitarian in the punk years. And so... This is why she wasn't really considered cool and like sort of like an easy listening, soft middle brow option. Even though she was artsy in the same way that post-punk artists are artsy, it's a different kind of like... It wasn't wasn't cool, it was too like... Yeah, because, well, in the article they talk about how post-punk and artists like Talking Heads and Devo, they were more angular, whereas... Kate Bush was more ornate and overly decorative. I don't know if that makes sense, but it made sense to me in my head. Because when I think of angular, I think of like Grace Jones, who has a very... Or also I think of uh, David Byrne of The Talking Heads, who like has this very like... The suit that he wears is like this very boxy suit. Whereas Kate Bush is very pretty and feminine and flowery. It's like a different kind of artsy. But she ended up taking control of the production and arrangement on her album, The Dreaming, which in the article they call it her mistress piece, not masterpiece. (laughs) Um, And she talks about loving the freedom you feel after being in control of her album. She calls it her baby. So this idea of like female empowerment and taking control of uh, the artistry herself. 
And so she also started using sampling, which not a lot of women were doing this at the time. She was experimenting with her voice a lot. We talked about that too. Mm-hmm. And people started appreciating her music more in the 80s. Even artists like Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, which is like one of the first punk bands. She was starting to be praised. And then other more like ethereal girl artists started to emerge. Artists like Elizabeth Fraser of the Cocteau Twins and Bjork, who mm-hmm. I thought of when I first thought of <laughs> art pop especially with her vocals Mm -hmm. Bjork has very like you know her vocals are kind of all over the place um, and experiments with her voice a lot also Enya with like the synthesizers and the sampling and it talks about art being art is all about moving away from boundaries that you can't in real life it's a form of exploration it's a form of making up stories and make believe so that was the whole point of Kate Bush's music Hmm. speaking of that When we get to the 90s, we have artists like Bjork, who I read another article called Bjork's Debut, an art pop masterpiece turns 25. So debut was like her first album. And it uh, turned 25 years old when the article was written in 2018, which means that this year it is it turned 30. And musically, the album is everywhere. It's it has like the late 80s dance scene elements of techno, trip hop and house. She has jazz elements, she has world beat, opera, classical, African sounds. Like she has all kinds of different genres, which is why, like I said in the beginning, she doesn't really have a specific genre. Mm -hmm, And Bjork started out by playing in punk bands in Iceland and also in the college rock band, The Sugar Cubes. But I think she began to realize the limitations of like the sounds of these bands. She didn't want to just be a punk artist or a rock artist. She wanted to explore other sounds. And so she moved to England where there was this big dance scene, which we know about from the last episode. And she started cutting demos with Graham Massey, who founded the British electronic group 808 State. She also recorded jazz standards. So her song, Like Someone in Love, is a jazz, is a cover. It's a jazz standard. And she recorded that with Corky Hale, who is a harpist and a composer. On that album as well, there's the song Human Behavior, which is described as a mysterious jam sounding as if mined both from the depths of the Amazon jungle or the Arctic North, or both. And it doesn't really make sense when I'm talking about it, but if you listen to the song, it'll make sense. I'll bring it back after when we're listening to it. But it has like these tribal drums and these clanging ice flutes. As she's singing about how effed up and moody and insane we all are, it's called human behavior. And then we have Venus as a boy, which is a lot more mystical and happy. Well, like twinkly, I would say. But they describe it as like a nightlight electric key melody with sweeping strings and clanging percussion as she's singing about the heavens of seduction. (laughs) But then there's Big Time Sensuality, which is like a dance song, pretty much. So she's all over the place on the album. And this is inspired by artists like Kate Bush, who really explored the boundaries of music (laughs) or who moved away from the boundaries of music. And other artists in the 90s also were the rap group PM Dawn, who had a very art pop style that was dismissed by a lot of hip hop fans for being too soft, but it paved the way for artists like Drake and Kanye. So Drake is often called like a soft guy, you know, and they make fun of him a lot for this, but this was started by artists like, well, press Drake pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Sad boy Drake. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't really like talking about Kanye West, obviously because of what has happened in the past few years, but but we can't deny that he had a lot of influence oh, yeah. for a lot of rappers and hip hop artists. And he's also sort of known as, known as an art pop artist as well, especially from his 
Yeah, so his album 808s and Heartbreak from 2008 was cited as an art pop masterpiece. It had a big influence on hip hop music. It was seen as widening the gates for hip hop. For hip hop, mm-hmm. it was very experimental, and his other albums later on as well. We have also artists like Grimes, who was described as an art pop phenomenon in the Montreal Gazette. She is from Montreal, mm-hmm. and she and they also describe her as being part of a long tradition of fascination with the pop star as an artwork in progress. And the role of the internet and digital platforms as well played a big role in, her, in Grimes' success. So then we also have Vaporwave. And Vaporwave, we talked about that in, I think, in the City Pop episode. Mm-hmm. But Vaporwave consists of, like, basically these underground art pop musicians. Some names that they have are James Ferraro and Daniel Lopatin, who explore the technological and commercial frontiers of the 21st century and hypercapitalism's grim artistic sensibilities. So a lot of these vaporwave artists will release music under pseudonyms online. And the music draws on the ideas of virtuality and synthetic 90s sources. So like corporate corporate mood music, lounge music, Muzak. So they'll use that in their music, which is like very commercial music and like music that you would hear in like a mall or something. Mm. But they put that into their music. So it's sort of like art pop in that sense as well. Sorry, I just smashed my tablet. Yeah, so that's kind of what art pop is. I don't know if that any of that made sense. It will when we hear the songs. I think so, because I think of it as, like, anyone who's artsy. <laughs> An artist who's, like, you know. I mean, they're all artists. That's why they're called exactly. musical artists. But they're just a bit more artsy. Okay, let's listen to some music. Please. So we'll, we'll attempt to, to try and find out what this art pop style is all about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I really had to do my research on... Um, what the hell art pop is because i was so confused hopefully this is all going to make sense but definitely the first song that we're going to play is odorono by the who so this is that song it's a song about the deodorant right So the concept behind the Who Sell Out, the album, was to make the album sound like a pirate radio station. Oh, I didn't know that part. Uh, including fake commercials between the songs. And Odorono was supposed to be this funny, this phony commercial for a brand of underarm deodorant. And so the lyrics tell the story of a woman who just completed a performance a successful performance and awaits a handsome man named Mr. Davidson. And in the words of Pete Townshead, it looks like she's all set, not only for stardom, but also for true love. But when Mr. Davidson bends over to kiss her, her body odor turns him off, ruining her chances at both stardom and love. So then at the end of the song, it says her deodorant had let her down. She should have used Odorono. So it's kind of like sounding like a commercial. It's like, you know, bad body odor? Use Odorono. (laughs) It's kind of like that. But it tells this whole story within the song Mm. as well. 
So that's why it's sort of seen as like an art pop song. Next, I, I, w- I said I wasn't going to play any glam rock, but I think I'm just going to play Virginia Plain by Roxy Music. Let's do that, just because I like the song. Mm, okay. to the song but yeah fun facts about this song one of the members of the band brian ferry was a former art student and he took the title virginia plain from one of his paintings which featured an image of cigarette packaging so pop art Mm -hmm. and virginia plain is a variety of cigarette tobacco so that's i guess it's like an art pop song right and okay so that was virginia plain by roxy music next we're gonna play we'll play some grace jones i think we played her in the disco episode and we also talked about her in the New Wave episode. And here she is again in Art Pop. Right. This is I've Seen That Face Before. This is from the album Night Clubbing. Like 
So I'm just reading about the song and it's like a mix of tango. Sorry, it juxtaposes Liber Tango, which is an Argentine tango classic mm-hmm. uh, against a tango, reggae and chanson sound. So I think Grace Jones like definitely experimented a lot of different genres as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's Grace Jones. Without further ado, let's play Kate Bush. This is Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. I can tell why critics didn't like her back then because she sounds like a movie or TV show singer. Movie or TV show singer? Yeah. I don't know what you mean by that. Like when movies and shows break out into songs. Like she was good, but. Like a musical? Yeah. Like Like when I first heard it, I was like, this is weird. Like that sounds like a cartoon singer right now. But I just like, this is my favorite Kate Bush song now. No, no, it's cool, but I'm just saying I I can perceive why back then they didn't like that. Yeah. You know? (laughs) But she doesn't, like, always sound like that. So you know the song Running Up That Hill. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone knows it by now. Um, Obviously. It's crazy. Like, it has... I knew it before that show, so... It has uh, over a billion listens on Spotify. God. That's insane. But just to show, like, the difference in her voice, a different song, this is in a different song. This is called Hounds of Love. this is the song where she samples something okay i'm not sure but yeah yeah so she has like a lot of different influences She's and different styles actor. yeah no but she was very like theatrical and if you watch her music videos too she like her face is very like expressive and she has like these big eyes so she's very into like you know the performance of it all she would have been a cosplayer if she was 15 and on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> what a comparison okay I want to play some Bjork. Uh, I think I'm going to start with Venus as a Boy, because this is like one of my favorite songs by Mm -hmm. Bjork. (laughs) 
I just want to like, remember that song. Yeah. I just want to get to the part where she like does that thing with her voice. Hold on. to it but sometimes she does this like growl in her vocals like she can sound very like soft but then she'll have this like these very strong like like growls i would i would describe it as i think i'm a very good describer of things clearly mm-hmm. um <laughs> anyway another song we should play by bjork just to show the difference in like the styles of music this is big time sensuality does it have the growl because i'm curious about the growl now to be honest we'll see all right <laughs> She does do it at one point, hold on. Oh, wow. You hear that? She has like this growl in her voice sometimes, and it's like her voice is like she experiments basically mm-hmm. a lot, which is fun. That's almost like Christina Aguilera. Exactly, that exactly. That's what I that's that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Um This is the first Bjork song I ever heard. This is called Army of Me. listening to this song specifically because this came out in 1995 and my dad would play it mm-hmm. because at the same time there was new metal and it kind of sounds like a new metal song a little bit <laughs> a little bit i don't know if you it's hear almost it. there. Yeah, yeah it's like it's she's kind of taking the influences of the time and bringing it into her music okay that's enough of bjork even though i can, you play can do one more 
Oh, you want another one? Why not? I don't know which one to play, though. Oh, we should play Human Behavior, because that one we talked about earlier as well. hear how like her voice in this one too especially is like she's experimenting with her voice in this one as well a lot and it's very like she's fluctuating her pitches yeah and yeah. she's very like eerie sounding as well with the different instruments that are involved mm -hmm. and oh that one is the one where it was like <laughs> it sounds like it's mined from the depths of the amazon jungle or the arctic north <laughs> you can kind of hear <laughs> both sounds in there anyway now that's enough of bjork Let's go to the rap group, the hip hop group PM Don. Mm -hmm. This is called Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. It's true by Spando Ballet. Anyways, that is that's like their most popular song. Um, I never even knew that was them. I love the the use of the sample and like mm -hmm. in that song, it's really nice. Yeah, so they're like considered like an art pop hip hop group. Okay. All right. So next, let's play Grimes. I didn't know what to play for Grimes, so I'm just gonna play the song that. This song was like on repeat for me in 2012. Uh, it's I think the it's from the album Visions. I think the most popular song on that album was Oblivion, which I think you might know it. It goes like this. <laughs> Should I play more? If you want. 
hear like the influences of well especially in the voice like kate bush and bjork a little bit in there yeah that song was even i think it was popular on tiktok as well really if i'm not mistaken yeah Mm. i don't remember which trend it was for but um anyway but the song on the album that i really loved was genesis so this is genesis like the beginning of it because it's very like it builds up mm-hmm. and it's very dark and mysterious and like that's dark i got the opposite of that feeling oh what did you what kind of feeling you get it's like someone that's knocked out unconscious is having a hallucination dream and it's, it's very, like an epiphany you know apparently she was like very high making this album it makes and sense. like didn't eat and locked herself in a room for that a makes, long time that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah so a strange person now grimes problematic we'll say but uh that was her 2012 album and also um art angels was a really popular album this is one of the songs from the album it's called kill v mame i have no idea anyways that's the song that one is because it sounds like a pop song in a way but it's sort of sounds also a bit deranged Mm -hmm. (laughs) and strange and so that's why to me it reminded me of art pop in a way i like that better than the other two songs really i like the other two better yeah i remember when that when that album came out and i was like well it's all right i prefer the other one better (laughs) but people really loved the art angels album Mm -hmm. like it was getting a lot of praise so to each their own i guess yeah okay next i want to play fk twigs um and please, Drew, don't laugh too much when I play this song. Oh. I'm sorry. This is such a beautiful song, too, and the friggin' dog meme ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if, if you know what we're talking about, it's just like I think it's from TikTok where it's <laughs> he's just doing it in this really high pitched voice. Don't, please, you're gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. No. Um. Anyways, let's get that out of our systems. Let's restart the song. Didn't I do it for you? Why don't I do it for you? Why won't you do it for me? When all I do is for you. Fast forward, please. They wanna see us, wanna see us now. They wanna see us, wanna see us apart. They wanna see us, wanna see us now. They wanna see us, wanna see us The music video for this one um, shows her dancing on a pole, which I think got some controversy because she people were saying she was like appropriating stripper culture. But then she revealed that she used to dance. So, but it's a very nice video and it's a very nice song too. Like it's a really, I don't know. It's <laughs> I wish that I had knew it before I knew that stupid meme <laughs> because now that's all I can think of whenever I hear this song. But uh, no, it's it's. Like the the art pop in it is because you know she's a pop artist, but it's also it's a piano ballad with like strings and synthesizers, so that like high and low culture sort of merging together. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this was after her breakup with uh, what's his name, the guy from Twilight, Robert Pattinson. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, was he that relevant still? Well, she got a lot of, like, hate for it because people were hoping that uh, Robert Pattinson would get back with Kristen Stewart. And then she got some racist comments, too. So people, people are just stupid. Fucking shut up. Sorry. People get too, like, invested in these uh, celebrity relationships. Anyways, so that's, that's Cellophane by FK Twigs. She has a lot of other really great songs, but um, we are... <laughs> we are definitely going a bit over time, but that's okay. Okay, we'll just play a few more. Okay. So let's play uh, Tune Yards because I remember I was looking at a list of like art pop artists and then I saw Tune Yards and I was like, oh my God, I forgot about Tune Yards. There are definitely like there are a lot of different mixes of different music styles and genres in their in their songs. So this one is called Business.
on the same vibe as like artists like Grimes and Bjork for being like strange mm-hmm. in a way but and different influences obviously but it works like when I, I remember when I first heard this song I was like ooh I like the way this sounds it's like it's different um okay I'm just gonna play I want to play Marina and the Diamonds of course there are many many songs I could play by her I feel like her first album is definitely very art pop especially songs like i am not a robot and hollywood which talks about the lyrics are like hollywood infected your brain like the the dangers of like you know glorifying hollywood and like being a celebrity and things like that Mm -hmm. but then in her album electra heart she goes further into this and she really like sings a lot about american culture she's from the uk and so i'm gonna play the song prima donna Prima donna girl, yeah All I ever wanted was the world I cannot that I need it all The prima donna life, the rise and fall You say that I'm kinda difficult But it's always someone else's fault But you wrapped around my finger, babe You could count me to miss, album i saw her in oh my god i don't even know what year i saw her but i saw her at oceaga and mm-hmm. she's a great performer like that it was, was a good song oh yeah no this i feel like you would like her a lot mm. um i think in this particular song she was trying to like emulate artists like britney spears a little bit and the album the album electra heart she creates this title character electra heart to represent female archetypes in popular american culture we have the housewife the beauty queen, the home wrecker, and the idle teen. So she sort of explores that in the different songs in the album. It's a really great album. I suggest you listen to it and also uh, her other songs as well. Hmm. And there was a really funny uh, YouTube comment that I thought really 
explained Marina's music. It said, her music sounds like a parody of American pop hits, and I can't tell if she does it on purpose, but it's hilarious and really catchy at all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like, yeah, that's literally what she's doing. She's kind of parodying it, but at the same time, she is a pop star. Like, there's no denying it, but mm-hmm. she's also sort of making like a commentary on pop culture. And so that's Marina, Marina the Diamonds, Marina Diamandis, whatever. If you search up those names, you'll find her. Okay, last song that we're going to play is uh, a song by Mitski. This one is called Nobody. My God, I'm so lonely, so I open the window to hear sounds of people, to hear sounds of people, from tiktok no that sound like the nobody nobody that was popular on tiktok at one point but she has other really great songs as well another really good artist that you should go listen to and definitely the music video for this one is very like experimental and different so it's why she's kind of described as an art pop artist as well cool there's probably more i don't know if i missed out any artists but we played a lot of Bjork, but she's definitely like probably the most famous art pop artist, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, that was art pop. What did you think? That was pretty cool. You enjoyed it? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to like say like <laughs> art pop is my favorite kind of music because they're all kind of different in a way. It's more like you'll have a favorite artist more than yeah. saying it's my favorite music. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that I sort of had like my own biases came into this playlist because I just played songs that i personally like Mm -hmm. but i'm sure there are others as well that would be considered art pop that other people i hope this was sort of a good introduction into that style and i hope i explained it well as well i think you did a good job i'm not very good with art i'm not an artsy person you sure about that what do you mean um no i don't think so (laughs) i'm more like a you enjoy it. You just I, can't articulate it. I appreciate it, but I can't articulate exactly. I can't really describe what's going on. I can I can talk about like history and, and, and do research on things and explain what happened. And socially, like social commentary too, and what was happening with politics at the time. But like when it comes to art and what they're trying to say, sometimes I'll have to like have someone explain it to me to understand. <laughs> and I'm like that with a lot of like very artsy stuff. Like... Like, let's say there's like a, I don't know, like an art museum and like this art piece is exploring the uh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. (laughs) I see something completely different all the time. 
<laughs> you're just in another world <laughs> i'm like i know it's saying something but i just don't know what it's saying and then someone will tell me i'd be like oh yeah i see it now but I, I couldn't tell you if if you asked me to art is interpretative it is did i but say that word right interpretive yeah is that it yeah so but it is but at the same time they're they are artists are trying to say something a lot of the time mm-hmm. and sometimes it'll go just on it'll go over my head or sometimes other people will rattleize and the artist will be like yeah sure it's like when i took um i remember i took this film class once or was it a film class i don't even remember what kind of but basically we were analyzing films and like what they were trying to say in different movies and they would say things and i'd be like you got that from that? I had no idea. Like, I was so... I had to drop that class because I had no idea what anyone was talking about. And I was like, I, you guys are way smarter than me in this regard. I'm out. Yeah, I almost, I would have failed that class for sure if I continued it. Mm. So I hope that I explained the this artsy genre well enough. But anyways, that's Art Pop. Drew, you have anything to, to say before we head out? Nah, I think uh, you did a good job covering it, given the basic vibe of... Of my knowledge? Yeah. (laughs) My basic knowledge of things. Thank you. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. All right. And with that, we are out. Take care. Bye.